Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Mind Podcast 151.0. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me, Sunanda Vashisht. Hello, Sunanda. How are Hi, you? Hi, Adit. How are you? Uh, doing great. Um, just, you know, happy that the... This must be a special day because you've called me to studio on a Monday morning. Absolutely. It is a special day. And on special day, we have a very, very special guest today joining us uh, from 10,000 miles away. And in a couple of weeks, soon to be right next to us is India's best-selling author uh, Amish Tripathi uh, I you know I it felt wrongly to like um, uh, say a huge bio before because the name Amish Tripathi is so well known amongst all our listeners and stuff he's written uh, many books most famously being the Shiva trilogy uh, right now he's um, in a series um, the Ramchandra series, of which two books have been published. Um, and Amish uh, is coming, he has just announced a new book yesterday, which with Sunanda and me are going to be discussing about. And he's coming to United States for a book tour for his book, Immortal India. And he'll be talking about other things, I'm sure. So uh, to, to talk to him about these and many, many uh, other things, um, uh, we've invited him on Mind Podcast. So welcome to Mind Podcast, Amish. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Sunanda. Thank you, Sunanda. It's, it's, it's an absolute pleasure being here. And uh, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. The it's an absolute us. pleasure. We can't wait to have you here. And a lot of your... Um, I know you don't like the f word fans, but there is no other way to describe <laughs> them, Amish. They are fans and you are the rock star, uh, literary rock star of our times. Um, there is no, absolutely no... Me and I, I, I prefer the term readers okay. than fans. I know, uh, I know. Fans has a... Sometimes has a demeaning interpretation. Goes. I, yeah. I, I, I hope it's not like uh, since we said fans, it's like it's the pressure on Amish to come out with a guitar or something. Like this book launch. <laughs> so. No, but I have to tell you this, that, um, you know, we do this every week. We have a guest on the podcast and um, a lot of them are celebrities in their own right. <laughs> but when I told my daughter that this week is going to be Amish and she has read all your books and and um, I, I don't know how much she understands she uh, but she has because we have all of them and she has read it but she came back to me and she had the newfound respect for me Adit I mean she yeah. said she finally thought that I was doing something legitimate likewise but I know in, in my case it was my wife yeah in Adit's case it was his wife because she told him that oh my god finally you're doing something legitimate <laughs> So thank you for according legitimacy what's to our work. What's her name, Suranda? What's her name? What's your daughter's name? My daughter's name is Meera. 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 Okay. Meera. Meera, it's an absolute pleasure to uh, to meet you through this podcast. And if you're listening to this, a big, big, big hi. <laughs> <laughs> thank no, you. No, trust me, both her daughter and my wife are uh, waiting with bated breath when you do the events in Houston. Because yes. they're, they're like, uh, uh, can, can we get a chance to meet him? And I was like, yes, you both can meet him. <laughs> and so can uh, thousands of people who are out there waiting. Adit in a minute is going to read out all the cities that Amish is going to go to before we get into the um, serious part of our podcast and in between Adit is going to keep talking about the cities six cities I believe um, Amish is um, going to yeah. uh, I know he's going to Houston he's absolutely going to but I have to do something more important before that Adit I need to say hi to your wife as well who's reading my books what's her name <laughs> uh, her, her name is Manushi 
Okay, Manasi, I hope you like my books. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your support. Okay, <laughs> thanks. And um, while we go into the, uh, you know, we read out your the cities and everything that uh, your schedule here. I just wanted. I was, um, you know, I was sent so many emails when I um, was told that I, I had told my team that Amish is going to be on the podcast. There's apparently a new book on Raja Suhail Dev you announced in at JLF. So everybody is confused. Mm-hmm. This is not part of Ramchandra. series right no it's not what i am doing is i am starting a separate series so the ramchandra series will will continue and ravan will release by the end of 2018 so i'll i'll keep running on that don't get worried those books will not get delayed you will have a book every year and a half okay uh, but in addition what i'm doing is uh, is starting a historical series on that i am working with uh, you know for each book uh you know i'm hiring a writer i'm working with someone else the story will be uh, mine we'll work together but and you'll see it as my book uh and uh, so i'm writing a historical series as well okay on heroes who we should know of but, but actually don't. we've not heard of yes absolutely uh, and i think uh, and there are many ignored heroes like this and one of them i think is raja suhail dev mm-hmm. he's a uh, You know, he's he's a he's a lower caste warrior, mm-hmm. uh, a warrior hero mm-hmm. who lived a thousand years ago. Right. And it's a very inspiring story and in how he fought back uh, a foreign invader. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really want to cover and, and want to bring out. So okay. that book will also release in two thousand eighteen. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! That's because our um, listeners and your readers were really worried about Rao and next book that you, they expect to be out in two thousand eighteen. So we just want to let everyone know that the book will be out in the by the end of two thousand eighteen, and this is another series, a separate historical series. So Amish, are you delving in historical fiction with this then? Because you've um, your trilogy and Ramchandra series, they are part mythology, part history, part. itihasa and now this is the realm of solid historical fiction look i mean even uh, uh, in my mind it's an entire continuum so even the historical series that i will write uh, they will also in many ways be connected to what may be called the mythological fiction that i write but in my mind and mythology and historic and uh, historical fiction are english terms for it mm-hmm. uh, i call it our itihasa Right. Uh, the story of our ancestors, mm-hmm. which includes the Shiva trilogy, Ramchandra series, and Raja Suhendev and Rajendra Chola, and mm. uh, all the others that I want to write on. They are all our great ancestors, and we need to learn from them. Absolutely. That's the way I see. Absolutely, absolutely. That is that is um, phenomenal. Um, let me ask you something. Let's go straight into your books, and I want to ask you something about Ramchandra series and the way you, <coughs> sorry, interpret Sri Ram. and you say that he is upholder of values maryada purushottam is not just the ideal man he is uh, someone ideal uh, upholder of ideal values and this may put him because he has to uphold values and this may put him uh, in you know in somehow not in a position to always uh, I, i mean somehow it will be at odds with his family um or his personal relationship and you have said you have extrapolated it to um gautam buddha you have uh, in modern times you have said this about mahatma gandhi and we have all known how their families have suffered uh, 
I understand all that, um, Amish. And I understand Sri Ram had to do what he had to do. He was the king. And at that time, there is no way you abdicated. I mean, he couldn't say that I want to abdicate this throne and I'll go with Sita to the, um, um, you know, to the forest. He couldn't. Those are not, you know, these people are also the product of their times. They cannot do that. But when we talk about this in modern times, and we say that, and you say that, you know, if you uphold values, you will you will always suffer and your relationships with your family will always suffer then why do people like me have to understand that i'm being a devil's advocate here why do people like me have to really think about values then if this is bringing so much uh, grief to my family no i should i should uh, calibrate that okay uh, i never said values i said laws there is laws uh, uh, values are principles. Mm. Okay. Uh, laws are strict guidelines that everyone has to follow. Right. Okay. Uh, so a value can be I will be dharmic, mm. but my interpretation of dharma may be different from your interpretation of dharma. Right. But laws are to use a to use a pedantic example. Uh, laws could be I am driving a car. There's a red signal. I will wait. There mm. is no, there are no excuses. There is no exception. Mm. You have to follow the law. Mm. The distinction that I said is what happens for leaders who are ideal followers of the law, which mm. is what Lord Ram was. Mm. And the distinction we have to see is not about uh, men and women. The distinction is between society and family. Right. Uh, normally, such leaders are very good for the societies that they lead, mm. as Lord Ram was, as Gautam Buddha was, as Mahatma Gandhi was. Mm. But normally, they have a lot of challenges in their personal life. Right. Why? Because within the family, you should not have the rule of law. You should have the rule of love. Uh, so, for example, you can tell your kid, uh, mm. you know, and in, in, in a society, for example, if a law is promulgated, everyone has to follow it, no matter what. Mm. Right? So, uh, so for example, if there's a law that uh, adolescents, if they commit a crime, mm. will not be punished. Yeah. As a adult, say that's the law. Mm. Then the law has to be followed. You can't make exceptions for it because then there's no law, na? Then. Right. Mm. But, but in your family, say. But then why should law all law that okay. the child? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say that the child has to eat by one p.m. Mm. And say the child is not at the lunch table. Right. At one p.m. Mm. Okay, and he comes in by one thirty. Are you going to say go hungry? No. Because that is the law. You have mm. to be there at one p.m. Right. No, because there is a rule of law, not the rule of law. I'm giving a very. Uh, you know, I admit a very, you know, simple example, right. but the thought I'm trying to get across is that laws normally tend to be good for society because they bring in order, they bring in efficiency. But in a family, normally, uh, order and efficiency are not the key driving factors. Mm, it's emotions. It's about love, it's mm. about uh, mm. passion. Mm. You know, so but do the two always have to be opposing forces? You know, one of the things that I think that is the wisdom in the Indic way, mm. which often is not understood by uh, by the modern Western paradigms that we uh, uh, think, or many NGOs who, right. who uh, Western NGOs who come to India. Right. There is no perfection. There is no perfect route. Mm. And often the biggest crimes in humanity have been committed by those who very strongly believe in perfection. Mm. Right. The Indic way is very clear. There are always choices, right? And every choice will have 
a benefit and will have a cost. Yes. That is the way the universe works. Yes. There is no the only two moments where absolute perfection can happen. Mm. Is at the is at the moment of creation and at the moment of destruction. Yeah. Right. Mm. At the moment of sujan and at the mm. moment of pralay. Mm. Those are the only two moments where absolute perfection is possible. Beautiful. In no other moment is absolute perfection possible. Right. Mm. Mm. It's one of the things that is so which means that you always realize that every choice that you make will have some positives and negatives yeah. and you have to understand that as a mature adult and then make your choice yeah you know it's a fascinating point you said about absolute perfection because i see a lot of western authors actually embracing the point especially the folks who are uh, studying religious symbology are also uh, studying indic religions and uh, kind of getting to that uh, perspective on it but i, I so i wanted to uh, and i wanted to talk to you about historical fiction and uh, ad adventures uh, adventure thrillers as you call your books um in um, in, in in the next part but the first part since we started with the ramchandra series i want to take you back because in an interview i um, read about a couple of years ago i heard you say that in uh, 2013 or something you um, you were at a literature festival in mumbai and that an incident uh, occurred that upset you which motivated you to write an article in hindustan times and you You kind of explaining explaining why you respected Lord Ram and uh, to go to kind of couple Sunanda's point to what she said that what he did with Sita Ma was unfair. But you also decided on that day you're going to write a series on Lord Ram almost to say that I'm going to clear the misconceptions over Ram, right? So what motivated you to write there and what was the whole incident about for a lot of our listeners who don't know of that? This uh, this happened at a lit fest. Okay. uh and someone came up and uh, spoke to me and uh, started uh, uh, criticizing lord ram mm. and how he had uh, behaved with uh, lady sita mm. with uh, sita ma mm. um look you know in 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 the indic way there is no concept uh, like blasphemy right uh, there is no translation of the uh, english word blasphemy in mm. indic sanskrit for example mm. uh, because the concept didn't exist the word also didn't exist so which means we are not just allowed to but in fact we are encouraged uh, to question our gods uh, and to question everyone you know mm -hmm. and learn mm -hmm. and apply in our own life mm -hmm. but uh, i always believe that when you are questioning anyone uh, and especially if you are questioning your parents or gods shabdo ki maryada honi chahiye you know there are some things you can do that is so true but but some words and i at least in my opinion there's a politeness in the way you should question that is all of mm. course please feel free to question but you do not use uh, cuss words yeah right absolutely the gods mm. and uh, the way these questions were being directed to me actually the kind of words that were being used that upset me a yeah. great deal not the fact that uh, lord ram was being questioned no mm. feel free to question of course uh and that upset me but i'm i'm not the kind of person who shouts and uh, screams now mm. i mean i i used to maybe 10 years ago but <laughs> i uh, don't believe it i do uh, not but, believe it <laughs> but it, <laughs> but, it, but it upset me and mm. uh, so uh, i in fact uh, uh, went back home and i tried to explain as best i could Mm. to that person and i went back home and i and i wrote an article mm -hmm. uh, which i sent to hindustan times at that time uh, 
uh saying why i respect lord ram and i started writing the ram chandra series immediately the next day i started wow. writing wow and because i was i was very upset yeah. but if i look back right now perhaps that incident was meant to happen to me yeah uh maybe uh, you know push me yeah i know like like they say god and divinity work in mysterious ways yeah <laughs> maybe that's how that's how uh, shriram intended to uh, this thing this to happen so so before we go into the next part where we discuss about immortal india and other parts i just wanted to make a brief announcement about the dates and the places for amish's book tour um so it's uh, it's about six to seven cities six cities six cities um it's coming uh, it's starting this thursday at seattle on february 1st then in san francisco In, on friday february 2nd then um after that it's going to be in bay area which is really near to san francisco on sunday february 4th then in los angeles on monday february 5th um and after that he's going to come to houston on tuesday february 6th uh where we are going to be there so that's yes. going to be uh, doing the event and then there's going to be in new york city mm. on wednesday february the 7th so uh, and, uh, and then on washington dc of course the capital uh on february 8th and no i don't think amish is uh, with donald trump there <laughs> and then in <laughs> in boston on sunday february the 10th yes and in boston it's in harvard kennedy school so i would uh, recommend all our listeners and then, and then on the same day there is also uh, an event in the boston public library as well phenomenal so there amish, is amish one thing do you plan to breathe when you are in united states Do you plan to breathe when you are in United States? You can you can find it on my Facebook page or Twitter ID. Yes. Uh, that is author Ramesh. Yes. yes. On Facebook dot com slash author Ramesh or uh, on Twitter I am author Ramesh as well. Uh, so no, my question was Ramesh, do you plan to breathe when you are in United States? I mean, you are doing so many cities in so few days. <laughs> we'll we'll make sure he you breathes. Know, <laughs> we'll make sure he breathes. You know, आगे मेरी Okay uh taking from before the break when you were talking about Ramchandra series and why you wrote that Sita incidentally is my most favorite at the moment and I know I'm that's going to change once the next book comes um but uh you know for me I have gone through that journey that you described with that lady I have gone through that journey myself and I went through a through an emotion where I felt that Bhagwan Ram Shri Ram was being very unfair to Sita you know as a young teenager I was like, how could he do that how could he do? if sita said jidhar ram udhar sita why did bhagwan ram not say jidhar sita udhar ram you know this this was this was lack of awareness on my part which i realized much later today the more mature self and somebody who understands lot better and understands nuances lot better i understand and i find and i say this and no one says this but i find ramayan the finest love story more than anything else to me it is the most profound and nuanced love story the love that bhagwan ram and sita ma have for each other is just i think it's it's something that we can only learn from and i understand why bhagwan ram had to do what he had to do so um, that is there but here is my question to you did you when you were projecting 
सीता जी एज अ वॉरियर इंस्टेड ऑफ अ डिम्योर प्रिंसेस दैट राम दैट वी ऑल नो फ्रॉम रामचरित्र मानस डिड यू हैव एनी ट्रेपिडेशन ऑफ हाउ दिस वुड बी रिसीव्ड no not at all mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> i said this repeatedly uh, you know almost and i would say 95% of the controversies that you see in india mm. are often created by the artists themselves uh, for the sake of publicity right and uh, you know and it is a very easy marketing tactic to be mm. honest Mm. uh but one of the things that uh, uh, i make very clear to my marketing team because i genuinely worship the gods that i talk mm. so in my mind selling these books through controversy is in a way like insulting our gods i believe that so uh, which which i will never do so yeah. my thing is very clear that yes we will sell our books but we will sell it the right way right. not through any controversy <laughs> but in a respectful manner right uh that's one secondly you know i think in india most indians uh, you know are intuitively liberal uh, mm. and by that I, i'm not you know often uh, liberalism is conflated with uh, leftist thoughts in mm. india which may mm. not necessarily be uh, the right interpretation mm. by liberalism i mean uh, the ability to respect different points of view mm. and that most indians tend to get instinctively because right. we grow up with it you know uh, in the north for example lord ganesh is considered elder but in mm. the south lord kartik is sorry here the other way around in the north lord kartik is considered elder, elder. Mm. but in the south lord ganesh is considered elder right in the north uh, lord kartik is a bachelor so much so that women won't even enter lord kartik uh, temple mm. uh, many lord kartik temples in the south lord kartik has two wives mm. my own mother for example in the north she will not enter lord kartik temple but mm. in the south she enters the lord kartik temple mm. and prays Mm. you know what we don't realize is instinctively most indians the concept of multiple truths mm. starts from childhood itself because we see multiple truths around us all the time yeah yeah so yeah. my thing is that if you even if you put a different truth as long as you do it with respect yeah. which i'm sure even people who don't like my books i'm sure they'll agree that the books have been written with respect mm. uh, you know so So therefore then there's no question of any controversy So here is the thing you 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 say in my books there's no controversy at all you can't really appreciate by the audience Right there is no controversy at all Exactly and you are saying that you write from a deep point of deep seated reverence So even if you question as you do in um uh, Shiva trilogy you do point out flaws of Sh- uh, Lord Shiva as well but you do it from a point of deep deep seated reverence so it does not uh, sort of offend anyone that's what your point is exactly But, that is the indian way because the indian way was we are actually like what does what is lord krishna tell arjun hmm. in the end of the bhagavad gita and the 18th chapter that i am giving you knowledge most profound now you are asked to think about it and then do what you think is right Yeah, but our but Amish, Amish, that we are supposed to use our brain. We've been blessed with a brain because we're supposed to use it. Amish, there uh, is a follow-up question to this. Amish, the follow-up question is that people will tell you that why do we always have to come from the point of reverence to be accepted and not to um, you know to for the freedom of speech? I could also my freedom of speech should also extend to the point when I am not reverential about the subject. how do you uh, answer that if 
if someone else wants to do that that is their freedom of expression but mm. my outlook in life mm. is not just with the gods mm. with everyone that i speak mm. i speak with uh, politeness and respect mm. exactly uh, so i am saying even if i even if i am uh, speaking to anyone someone mm. who works for me some random stranger i meet at the airport anyone mm. i speak with politeness and respect and i have always said this that you speaking with politeness and respect does not show creative skills or anything else it only shows your good upbringing right. no and and, and why should you not speak with why should you not speak with politeness and respect to everyone and, even and, if you are questioning someone and to take your argument that, further that is a shabdon ki maryada honi chahiye no to take questioning someone the way that you question to take your argument further amish also i think we confuse sometimes irreverence with disrespect Hmm. Okay, irreverence could Very be good. fine because I mean we uh, Sunan the you and me both claim to be irreverent, yeah. so to speak, on the podcast. But this, so you know, being irreverent on an issue is still acceptable. But disrespect is something that is not the Indic way that I also because I it's mean, not any. It should not be any way. I no, think. but I mean, hmm. I can. We can only speak. I mean, I we can only speak, speak about the Indic way because that's how we were raised and born hmm. and raised, and same for Amish as well. So because I I I I, I was born and raised a Jain and still am a practicing Jain, and that's something that uh, when I met my uh, Guruji or when we were debating about Jainism and science and stuff, he would be like, take me or the uh, thesis in the scripture that is written to the cleaners, but do it respectfully and do it. with facts hmm. don't do it just because you think so yeah or because you want it to be is, news it is essentially a question of basic politeness yes no? because yeah. in the indian way it's not just that divinity is in our gods divinity is in all of us as well what yes. does namaste mean it is i bow to the divine divinity mm. so even the human being or anything standing in front of me has a divine within him or her as well mm. yeah uh, so which means Of course, you should question, boss. You should never take anything like that. Yeah, down. absolutely. Accepting a sin is worse than committing a sin. Yeah. But always has. Always, Where if you don't do it, you are considered weak. But ninety-nine percent of the time, you don't have to. Certainly, raise your voice. Yeah. But ninety-nine percent of the times, I'm telling you, a polite word gets your work done far more easily. Yeah, taking taking example from Sri Ram um, and the um, you know Samudra when he was to cross to um, Lanka, he waited for days and days and days and finally got angry at and that Sagar, one moment. And Sagar didn't listen. Sagar yeah, didn't Sagar listen. didn't listen. So that was one point, but he did he did he did appeal and he did do that. You know, so they, we have stories there. Yes, he did get angry, but to get angry at the right person at the right time and at the right moment. Exactly, and realize that should only be maybe point five one percent of the time. Ninety nine percent of the time, polite, respectful words actually is in your own selfish interest. Right. It gets your work done. Yeah, I know. And when you said about the divinity, I think all Indians will relate to this very interesting thing that happens. कभी अगर अपना पाँव बुक पे या समथिंग लग गया, we still bow down to the book. Of course. Yes. That that's the understanding okay. that we because I've only seen Desis do that or Indians do that. Yeah. Because that because we respect yeah. God because of learning. Because there's knowledge in it, and everything has divinity in it. Yeah. So exactly. you must have respect. Okay. Absolutely. Coming to the last few questions. Respect, respect does not reduce your status. I just want to. 
ஜிங் um you know in fact actually i think our mythology has been explored a great deal in indian languages hmm. uh, perhaps not in english yeah in english that's uh, what i meant yes it's it, it certainly been explored a great deal mm-hmm. you know so shivaji savant in marathi for example mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. actually bhairav ji in uh, you know, kannada narendra kohli ji in hindi mm-hmm. they are very excellent in english i admit it's a relatively recent uh, phenomenon uh but i'm delighted to see that the sales in english and in the indian languages have actually shot up a great deal in the mm. last 10 to 15 years the uh, the way i see it i think there's a there's a big social you know uh, meta change that's happening mm. and uh, many of these things are a reflection of that the kind of movies the kind of books and the politics everything that one is seeing uh you know so post 1991 post economic reforms uh there you know after a few centuries of decline one is seeing uh indians experience success once mm. again you know mm. success at a, at a large uh, level mm. at a national level and we've only just started the journey you know nowhere are we we have a long way to go but yeah. we've only started the journey yeah and what we are seeing is a return of our historical self confidence okay and which is causing massive social changes now, mm. now there is a manthan process mm. manthan mein thoda wish bhi nikalta hai lekin amrit bhi jyada nikalta jyada nikalta hai right there are some negatives of this process of change also i don't deny that and that's a duty it's a duty of those of us who are patriotic to try and manage those negatives mm. but there is a lot of positive in this as well and the mm. positive is that we want to explore our own stories we want to explore our own heroes we want to explore our own philosophy right uh uh the youth for example today they want to hear modern liberal messages but they don't want to hear it from western or westernized people talking down to them right. they want to hear those modern liberal messages from our own gods yeah. from our own heroes yes. from our own culture absolutely uh, and it's about time it's a massive exactly there's a massive cultural change that's happening right and you see the impact of this in everything yeah in the arts and in literature and performing mm. arts fine arts and in everything yeah in, uh, in our architecture hopefully our architecture will actually start getting a little indian it's it's it, it really sad to see indian city is how uh, you know so much of our architecture <laughs> is actually not suitable for our climate Gla- all the it's glass buildings all the glass buildings in yeah, a place which is so hot it makes no sense in yeah. india yeah. no but we're just copy pasting western architecture mm. into india so this will actually sort of more, more indianized things right like this will actually what you're saying right now 
will beautifully blend into your lecture series, which is part of your book tour, which is Immortal India and Reclaiming What is Ours. And that's why we haven't talked much about it because we want people to come out and listen to it because Immortal India is really, in fact, Immortal India I have right here. I wish we had a video show because I have Immortal India right here in my, um, in front of me. It says Immortal India, Young Country, Timeless Civilization. I have just finished reading this. Um, so it is, um, so this is what we are going to talk about in, during the, lecture series as well hmm. what makes indian civilization tick and um, amish beautifully in a very um, first essay um, quotes iqbal who he does say is a little problematic but then he quotes uh, so this is something that we will um, um, sort of you know discover or sort of try to find out during the lecture series is that right amish is this what we are going to do mostly? Yes, in fact, this, this is one of the things that I want to speak of. And this is, uh, like I said, yes, Iqbal, there are certainly a lot of questions that can be raised on his character. Yeah. But uh, one can't take away from the fact that he was a beautiful, he was a brilliant wordsmith. Right. Brilliant poet. Mm. And uh, I, I, I thought those lines truly capture, uh, you know, the thought of what I'm trying to convey. And I think as a, as a society, we have not really explored uh, our own history. Mm. and our culture enough. Mm. Uh, we assume that our uh, ancestors uh, were ahistorical and didn't record things, which is a load of bullshit. Mm. Uh, in fact, our ancestors recorded a lot. Mm. Uh, despite the burning of the Nalanda, despite the uh, destruction of Takshashila and so mm. many other universities, mm. there are still 3 million Sanskrit texts that survive till today. Wow. And just to give you a perspective, that's, I'm talking about the pre-printing press. Mm. Uh, and just to give you a perspective, pre-printing press, the number of Greek texts that survive till today are 30,000. Mm. That is 30,000. Wow. And India has 3 million. In spite of all uh, the destruction that we have seen. Despite the massive destruction, so the amount of knowledge production mm. that used to happen in India uh, was huge. It's just that we have not explored it. So we are barking last 70 years, Amish, we have been barking the wrong on the wrong tree. We are saying that there is not enough written, there is not, we don't have a sense of history. The real issue is that we have been lazy and or maybe our education system, which we will talk in your lecture series as well, has been so flawed that we don't have the means to go back to our sources anymore. We are, I have said this publicly and frankly, I don't care how it sounds. I think uh, most of us Indians of today are the biggest idiots mm. in humanity. We are the inheritors of among the greatest uh, heritages, greatest treasures that any culture has been blessed with. Mm. And forget about uh, mining it and researching it. We don't even want to acknowledge it. We're a bunch yeah. of idiots. <laughs> and uh, and there is there is a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of uh, you know of deep philosophy, scientific knowledge, stuff that yeah. needs to be explored. And the only people talking about it, sadly, are some uh, brainless idiots who will claim things like, you know, we travel to Mars. Mm. Uh, which is not, there's no real proof of that. Yeah. But the fact that, for example, Pythagoras theorem was discovered in India before Pythagoras did by Bodha energy, mm. that is a fact. Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that uh, we had extremely a very high quality, perhaps the best in the world, metallurgy technology in India. That is a fact. Mm. The fact, uh, you know, that surgery was practiced first in India. That is a fact. Uh, mm. 
you know, but we don't explore any of our knowledge. Yeah. We don't research any of it. Even in our literature, for example, in Indian education, uh, we will learn Shakespeare, we will learn uh, uh, Lord Tennyson. We should learn Shakespeare, Tennyson, I'm not denying that. But why don't we first learn, you know, Shudraka or Kalidas? Kali 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 yeah. Or, or Mirza Ghalib. Yeah. Why don't we learn our own uh, heroes first? Mm. And this is the point I keep making that yeah. uh, the fault is not of our ancestors. Uh, it's not that our ancestors were pygmies, they were giants. Mm. The fault is with our own imagination. I agree. Mm. No, and also the the what you said is quite correct about uh, you know us not looking at the f uh, like the Pythagorean theorem was invented like before Pythagoras came up with it was in India. Even the skeptics of so to speak about the Indic science they only highlight the crazy claims made by the a few nutbags. They actually don't talk about the actual uh, things that happened in India. And I think both the sides are guilty of that. Mm -hmm. Like rather than making bizarre claims, why don't we stick to what we have and kind of explore that, that okay, if you take this further, what that can you achieve? That is the point. It must be, this research must be done by people who are intensely proud, yeah. but who are not uh, idiots. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Who are, uh, who, 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 look up to our ancestors hmm. but explore them with a spirit of questioning not hmm. just blindly saying anything hmm. you know so and there is a lot that 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 must be explored and needs to be explored. Yeah, absolutely. And like, like, like you said, you know, we must question. We must not be afraid to question. But you know, there needs to be cer certain sort of a respect that okay, I'm I'm not questioning for the sake of questioning. That questioning also should need, lead to something. Yes. Absolutely. Our we're, ancestors would have expected nothing less. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And we are not being worthy of them and if we, we owe don't it do to it. Them. We owe it to them. Uh, I'm saying it again, and I've, I've said it at the end of uh, the Shiva trilogy, and I've said it in Immortal India many times, that frankly, we are not worthy of our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, rather than trying to, uh, you know, uh, 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 trying to bask in their glory, yeah. What we should do is learn from them and make ourselves worthy of them. See, there's no point saying, uh, you know, screaming and shouting that we discovered this first, we discovered that first. Of course, we should explore that. But first, how, how do we make our own country great again now? Yes. How do we bring out new discoveries now? How do we make ourselves worthy of our ancestors now? Yes. That is the key task. Absolutely. And that's what we will um, sort of go over during your lecture series. And I request everyone listening to this program, and I know there are a lot of you who are waiting for this show with Amish, please show up in big numbers. This is your opportunity to see him, to know that there is a real person behind these wonderful books that you read. And um, also, you can you can have your books signed. You can ask your questions. I know there is there might not be enough time for everyone to be asking questions, but I'm sure the moderators of each city will be doing their best. I know I in Houston will do my best to have all your questions accommodated and uh, you know make sure that uh, everyone gets to um, you know gets the book and book signed. We are coming to the very end of this podcast now, and I have a bone to pick up with Amish. Amish, are you ready? Of 
<laughs> yes, this is a jhagda that is going to happen now. And and I have a, a question about the imminent future or the near future. Yeah. And uh, I I know you're not going to reveal much on the podcast, but you know when you are in the media, you always try. <laughs> yes. So I am going to start this jhagda with Amish, and my uh, question here is that Amish, you don't give enough credit to yourself. Why? I will explain. plain why you don't give enough credit to yourself i have seen you and this is a lot of humility and i really respect it i wish i i, I would like to imbibe a lot of it but then when you say that um uh, uh shiva chose you as his vehicle to write that is wonderful but then you also don't let people know the amount of research intense research that has gone in your books and when i read them and when i go back and read them I find that the amount of research your books may be easy to read but they are not simple books by any stretch of imagination but somehow you don't let people know the amount of research you have done and I will tell you why I have a problem with that because I want you to let young people know that research should be the bedrock of everything we say we do and I, you know and we cannot go get around without any kind of research I do understand that um uh, you know Shiva does um, you know has you are shiva's favorite son and he's making you write all this but there is amount of research and i want you to tell this to our young people because you're such a rock star writer they will listen to you but <laughs> <laughs> um, i i i have spoken about the importance of research many times uh, and uh, i i in fact i've said this often that my rough I, I read a lot. I read at least five, six books a month. Hmm. I've been reading at that pace. I must have started reading when I was five or six years old. I'm forty-three now, and I've been reading at that pace for decades hmm. from when I was young. Uh, and my rough rule of ratio is that for every page that I write, I read at least a hundred pages. Uh, hmm. And I always tell this to all writers: if you want to write well, the first thing is you must read well. Yes. Uh, and your ratio should be. So much hundred pages you should read to write one page. That's the only way that page becomes rich. Yes. Having said that, I will also say that just being a good reader doesn't mean that the books come out well. Mm. Uh, you know, it's it's a bit like just buying all the ingredients for a meal doesn't mean that you become a good chef. Mm. Uh, you know, of course the ingredients are needed. You can't cook paneer mughla if you don't have paneer. <laughs> you know, but just because you bought paneer and pyaaz and whatever else goes into a paneer mughla, mm. doesn't mean that you will make good paneer mughla. Okay. And that I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be humble or anything. I mean, genuinely from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely believe it. Mm. It is lost your worth, mm. because if if I had if I had all these skills, I would have thrown it when I was young. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> no Immortal Malu is the first piece of fiction I've ever written. Yeah, it is lots of us blessings, and I say this repeatedly to everyone that if I can write, anyone can write. But do you uh, feel like no, uh, no? But and then one thing just to add, yeah. uh-huh. worship whichever god you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be Lord Shiva. Not denying Lord Shiva is the coolest god there is. With mm-hmm. due respect to every other god, mm-hmm. but worship whichever god that you find inspiration in, mm-hmm. and uh, and write. 
Yeah. No, and this is the this is a testament to your writing that you've written so much that has like there's been excellent work since the first book of the Shiva trilogy that we spent about forty minutes talking, but like just now we are first mentioning the Shiva trilogy because yeah. I actually had written that I wanted to talk to you something about it, but we are running out of, of time. But I have to ask you one last question before we let you go, Amish. Your next book is on Ravan in the Ramchandra series. <clears throat> the tendency of many people um, in India is to, you know, look at everything in the binaries of black and white. And the quote unquote, the proverbial black side of Ravan has been explored plenty in mythological shows and books and stuff. But there is this other side of Ravan as well that we all know. And uh, how did you explore the other side? I mean, I personally find him to be a fascinating character. So uh, I wanted to know your views or your mindset in approaching this book. You know, but you know, in 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 the traditional Indian way, we never looked at things in a black and white format. Yeah, no, I I meant in the uh, last uh, last few years. No, last yeah. few hundred years. Yeah, the modern Indian approach to Ravan has been built largely by a 1980s television series. Exactly. Uh, you know, our, our approach to even uh, Sita Ma has been built largely from a 1980s TV series. Mm. And uh, uh, Ravan in the original Valmiki Ramayana is shown in a way he wants to. Right. Uh, of course, there were uh, weaknesses and there were strengths as well. Mm. Uh, and I, uh, that is the approach in our ancient epics. And that is the approach that certainly I uh, intend to follow. That mm. There is nuance in everyone. Mm. And the approach of our ancestors was that there's something to be learned from everyone. Mm, yeah. uh, and you lose that opportunity to learn if you start judging. Yeah. He is right, he is wrong. Put judgment aside. Okay, just look at someone's character and try and understand and then try and learn from both the weaknesses yeah. and the strengths of that character. Yeah. As the famous instance goes, uh, Ram told Lakshman to touch his feet after yeah. the exactly. bitter battle they fought. In fact, yeah. Lord Ram told Lord Lakshman to, yeah. Yeah, to touch his feet. Uh, uh, Ravan's feet and learn. Yeah. And in fact, uh, you know, one of the Lok Kathas is uh, Lord Lakshman didn't do that. Hmm. So Lord Ram himself went and saw. Nothing of the humility yeah. of Lord Ram. Uh, 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 but he said that whatever this man may be, he has brilliant knowledge. He is a scholar, he was, he was no doubt about it. By Lord Shiva, he would have earned something. Yeah, yeah, he no, was a scholar. At the risk of sounding impertinent, maybe Lord Shiva did choose one Shiv Bhakt to write about it, the other. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah, really said, brings I, us. This I is. I said so, that Lord Ram and Ravan were both Shivaks. Yes, <laughs> that's true. This but, is but so st- fascinating. But, but still, but still, it 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 will require somebody so who has looked at Ramayan in such a nuanced fashion to write or bring the best about uh, exploring that idea of Ravan. Because I, I personally find him to be a very fascinating character. So I'm really looking forward, forward to this to, book. Yes, so, and people, if you have not read Immortal India, I recommend that you read Immortal India. I just finished reading it. It's a collection. It's the only uh, non-fiction uh, book that Amish has written so far. It's a collection of his uh, articles and his speeches and interviews that he has done over the years. It's a phenomenal book. I. Uh, it's not a precursor to coming to the show, but to his uh, book series. But if you do read Immortal India, you will find a lot more to connect and it will be a lot easier for you to be part of the conversations that will be happening. So do get Immortal India. And I know Adit was going to ask for um, recommendations, but that is my recommendation for the week immortal india by amish do read it and then and then do come out and we would love to see you at every single event that amish is in us in six different cities in seven different in seven different cities okay Uh, we we promised amish this would be thank you guys thank you thank you so much and uh, 
Uh, you know, Indians across, not just in India, NRIs across, need to read his works. Mm. Uh, he's a brilliant man, a professor based in the US. Mm. I've never met him, mm. uh, but uh, Mind and Self uh, explores uh, Patanjali's uh, Yoga Sutra and modern science. Mm. And uh, it is a it is a heavy book to read. I must admit, <laughs> but trust me, if you can commit yourself to it, you learn a lot. A brilliant man. In fact, now I've decided I'm going to try and explore everything that I can find on Subhash Park mm. uh, and read. So, yes, and I would lovely. strongly recommend that to all you guys. Lovely. And Excellent. my recommendation this week would be the uh, finish the Shiva trilogy and start with the Ramachandra series. If you haven't done it, if already. you haven't done it already, you have nine months till <laughs> Ravan comes out. <laughs> so, so start reading, and once you've read, go back and reread. That's and thank you, Amish. Like. We promised. It. We promised that this would be 35 minutes, but it went to 50. Uh, so sorry about sorry that. about that. But but when you talk to Sachin Tendulkar of literary world, it's hard to let you go. I'm sorry. <laughs>